Hi, I'm Kenita, and welcome to Black Imagination, where Antoine and I open up our Black space to our Black and Brown friends doing dope things in Milwaukee's arts and culture scene and beyond. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE podcast network. Are your candles lit? Is your incense burning? Time to keep it 100. And now, here's Black Imagination. So welcome everybody to Black Imagination. This is Antoine Carter kicking it with my co-host and partner, Kanita Hickman. How you doing, Kanita? Oh man, I'm I'm super, super great. I'll tell you, I'm a little paranoid because as we were doing our sound check, my audio was doing all types of weird things. So I'm I'm a little paranoid, but super excited. I mean Last interview, we were coming out of um, the situation in D.C. And I feel like after this interview, by the time we do our next interview, um, there will have been an administrative change in D.C. Um, but I'm just really excited to see how the reality show ends. And so I've made jokes that I'll be taking off from work so that I can see you know, just how how the transition of residence um, happens, because I just want to I want to see like what tactics are used to empty out the, the house so that new we, people can move in. That's good. Um, for me, I know you didn't ask me yet, but I will tell you how I'm feeling. Uh, it's so I'm happy that it is the middle of January, I'm ready to get through January and into the warmer months, me being an August summer baby. But I'm trying to act new. Like, you know how people say, and you know, next year I'm going to be, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. So I'm not trying to talk it. I'm, I'm just trying to act it as it happens. But like, in a in a panty, which is what we're calling that's that's short for pandemic. That's a new thing. So in a panty, isn't it like summer year round? Like you could wear shorts in your home right now and open the blinds, and the sun will come through. And isn't that like summer? I know you don't like to turn your heat up. No, you would think you're like that. But <laughs> I mean, I've been wearing summer dresses and sandals. But you can't go outside and do that. Mm-hmm, that's true. No, I hear that, and I don't really have a response to that. I'm simply saying I never made the transition to summer to winter clothes. It's all the same when it's a panty. That's what I'm saying. Man, that's your story, and we're going to stick to it. Absolutely. That's that's my story. That's, that's well, what we're doing. But we got a pretty good guest here. Oh, which, my goodness. Yes. Speaking of stories and a storyteller... Because that's where I met the gentleman, learning how to, well, in the storytelling cohort. That's where we first met. But he is a storyteller of various mediums, shapes, sizes, forms. It is my dear friend, mine more than Kanita's. Don't tell her, though. Um, I've known him <laughs> since my public allies days, so. I don't care. I don't care. We, I don't we know if he remembers time. me, but I remember him. Because there weren't, there weren't like my cohort of public allies, there were three black men. So I just made it a point to always mm. be observant when another black man came into the room. 
And I want to say that he may have been a fellow that year. I know for sure he came and spoke to us. So I was in the cohort with Supreme, Tristan. And also this gentleman here, Damar Walker, artistic director of the Kothi Dance Company. How you doing, Damar? I'm good. You too. <laughs> Y'all are so freaking hilarious. <laughs> welcome to Black Imagination. Welcome. And I mean, it is quite a welcome. <laughs> that's that's how we make sure folks don't don't want to leave. We want to make sure that they they have a good time. I'm so excited that you're here. To Antoine's Me point, too. Um, of course, public ally, storyteller with X Fabula. Yes. Dancer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's so I don't even know where we should start. I'm gonna start with um the dance film that I saw. And is this the this is the piece with Destiny, um, the poet, right? Yes, Destiny Fletcher. <gasps> Holy smokes. First of all, I don't I don't know how to dance. And so I don't know where I what line I was when God was passing out that talent, but I was probably somewhere talking because like, he didn't give that to me. But you got like the Oprah gene, huh? I have I have the mm. Oprah gene. Like you like that, like that obscure type of black person that like is like amazing, but don't like have rhythm. Wait, wait, do you have shoulder action? It's always my my dancing is I tell people that. I think that God was like, okay, we'll give you the components to twerk, but it's always going to be more shoulder than actual part that you need. And like, so I, I, it's always shoulders for me. So my shoulders is popping. Antoine is a mess because he is dying <laughs> over there. So my shoulders is popping. So yeah, I can't really dance and I also can't play spades, but don't tell nobody that. Oh, so. <laughs> Wow, that card. I mean, are we are we pulling? Are we pulling? People I like are we... always pulling mine, and that's fine. That's fine. Y'all can take it. I mean, I mean, you know, it's I, cool. I would say it's not a it's not a a requirement. I would say that it it is a, another level of partnership that you can have with your significant other that makes your relationship deeper. If you could look at the love of your life and this person can be your confidant, your therapist, your best friend, and Joe Spade's partner. I'm done. Good night. And Joe Spade's partner. That is like that is a soulmate unlike any other. I I someone's gonna be a little incomplete then. I just want to say, Kanita, that I love the fact that you are more young dro than Megan Thee Stallion. I just think that's <laughs> you, you didn't see that coming. I mean, my shoulder lean is valid. It's I valid. know this. It's valid. Let's talk uh, about this incredible work of art, though, called The Beckoning. So, shot at um, mm -hmm. the Creative Corridor, right? Yes. Absolutely. I where did this tell tell folks about what the beckoning is, how it came to be? Yeah, so um, I actually produced the film with uh, the organization Leaders Igniting Transformation. Mm. Um, mm. I was one of their inaugural fellows for um, their artist fellowship program, and um, 
like I always got to go back to to where I was when I heard about it and was thinking about applying. And um, I've always said that like anywhere my grandmother is, it's home for me. So I was like at my grandmother's one evening and I was like, I'm going to apply. I had saw the posting before and it slipped off my mind. And then I, I said, I'm going to actually apply again. Or I told myself I was going to actually apply. So I sat on my grandmother's couch. I applied for it. And I was like going back and forth because I was thinking to myself, like dance wasn't going to be represented. So I was like, I'm just going to give it a give it a go. So I applied. I got accepted. Um, and I knew going in that I wanted to create something where I wanted to collab with a local spoken word artist. And I was just thinking about all of the stuff that pretty much has been in like the air for like the past few years about, you know, blackness and what it means to be black in this time and, you know, agency and our bodies and what we do and what we what we we are and aren't permitted to do with our bodies. And I always tell people that I feel like dance is um the most immediate way for black people to liberate themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, I said I didn't want to just do like a basic, you know, like dance film where somebody just comes and shoot me doing like some cool dance moves. I mean, because you see that all day, every day on social media. So um, I linked with Destiny, who um, I actually met. I don't know if Antoine met, but I actually met her um, in X Fabula because she was my story coach. So shout out to to Destiny um, and that connection. But she was. She was super excited about doing it. We workshopped the the um, the poem. We talked about everything that we were experiencing in, in terms of just, like I said, navigating this this idea of blackness in this time. And um, we created something that I'm I'm really really proud of. And I I hope people enjoy it. I hope it makes them really think about who they are. It gives them a sense of um, affirmation, um, agency, um, and just the idea of knowing that you can you can be so much in this world when we clearly know that this world is very anti-black. So I just want them mm-hmm. to just enjoy it and and take something from it. I'm looking at the trailer that you have on your Instagram. How long did it take you to make the piece? As far as creatively, you and Destiny sitting down, building together. I would say collectively. We did everything in the span of maybe two to three months. So literally we started workshopping around around August, gathering ideas, talking about how we wanted to do the poem. Um, me thinking about choreo, how I wanted to um, reflect her movement, or I'm sorry, reflect my movement in her words. Um, and then the filming, we all shot in one day. Um, and then we went to the post-production with all of the editing and the music. Shout out to um, the team, Derek Schmidt, who helped me um, with the cinematography. Of course, Destiny. Ted, who was like Derek's right hand with everything. And the amazing classic who scored the film. To me, it felt like it felt like a an immersive experience into blackness. So having mm-hmm. seeing you dancing, um, Destiny, Destiny is just incredibly stunning, just as a beautiful 
black woman um, seeing your body doing the things it was doing and knowing that it was shot in this space that's in a black neighborhood owned by four black men. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it was this incredible, to me, it felt very, it felt very black. And it was hard not to like get emotional and get teary eyed with the juxtaposition of your dance and destiny's words and just knowing this building that um that you were in um i think it's important to note because we didn't say it at the top that you are actually the artistic director of kothi dance company which for me has always been synonymous with black dance like oh no we said that okay. we said i that. didn't hear it i hear it. well i said it again so we said that so i said it twice <laughs> say it again Say, say, it say it again. <laughs> and so I'm curious. I'm curious about your history into dance. So when did dance find you? I mean, I don't have an exact moment. I just feel like it's just always been a part of my life, you know. Um, but what's so, what's so interesting, even in that, I I literally can think about my life in terms of like certain moments and how dance is centered in it. So, you know, I'm, I say that to say like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just always been a part of me. Um, like I remember being a kid, I grew up in Harambe, uh, mm-hmm. grew up on first between Locust and Chambers. East, east, east. All day. Um, and so, <laughs> so, um, I grew, I was a, a grandparents kid. So I just remember me and my first cousins, like being on the block, whether it was in the backyard or literally mm-hmm. in the front or in the middle of the street and like doing all the latest dances. I would remember creating dances. Like I was like, I'm one of like very few boys on my mom's side cousin wise so like i was like creating girl groups with my cousins my younger girl cousins before like it was <laughs> like a thing like i literally i kid you not used to like line them up teach them dance moves and like everything so that was maybe when i was maybe like 10 11 i remember being i was a golden my year kid um so i remember like being on the playground dancing i still need i still don't know how i can find the hang tough video there's a hang tough video that is circulating somewhere and i remember being in that video as a kid um so bring back hang tough talk your bring, stuff and fun because like people i don't know if people in the black imagination universe remember <laughs> hang tough the song it was a, right now it, yeah. not only was it a song but it wasn't it like a a youth commercial contest mm-hmm. where kids from various schools and various yeah. areas created commercials and advertisements advertisements uh, for <laughs> non, non-violent behavior. And they would all come together and they would show the videos on like local television and they would make a winner. Y'all need to bring that back, fam. Somebody just, needs to bring that back. Those, those were cool things to, that's cool old Milwaukee stuff 
to bring back like jam for peace wow i literally was just thinking that antoine i was saying like i just love the fact that this conversation is so milwaukee like it's just so milwaukee and the fact that you just mentioned jam for peace yes. that just really solidifies it like you remember how big that was but like you would hear them advertising who was coming on v100 yes I remember I went to, I think it was Mary J. Blige. I think she came my fourth grade year. And she sang, and I think she might have sang a little too long, because I think she might have, <laughs> in my in my memory bank, I don't remember what she sang, but I feel like she could have got off like 10 minutes earlier. Oh, she could have saved. It's like when you play that new stuff, when, they, when the artists play the new stuff at the concert, and it's like, well, I want to hear that new stuff. Play that classic Mary J. Which ain't nothing but a but a blip, cause you know songs today ain't no more than like a minute and thirty seconds. I went to the one with um genuine. I was writing for this teen magazine, and so I was actually in the green room interviewing folks like as they came off stage. So I got a picture with Trina. I got a picture with Nelly. Um, hey. <laughs> and I was like, you know, well, I just kind of want to be invisible. Like, I don't want to attract from, like, I don't want any. So, like, I wore, like, overalls because um, I thought this was, like, I'm a cool kid, but, like, also invisible. Um, yeah. Wait, school, did you look loved... like Brandy and you wanted to be down? <laughs> I did want to be down. I did want to be down. <laughs> we're Murphy Lee specifically, if we're, if you're asking. <laughs> Mere people in the group. Like, I love Lil Wayne. Like, Lil Wayne and BG, I was like, I don't know what a hot girl is, but I'd like to figure it out because I think, <laughs> I think, I think I can do that. Okay, back to par. So, so, I'm curious about, you know, you being the Matthew Knowles of the girl groups of your cousin. <laughs> yeah. wait, a minute, wait a minute. A Matthew Knowles, though? <laughs> I didn't think of nobody else who was cool. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, because you don't want to say Joe Jackson. You know. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, just as a side note, I'm curious, at any point, were there, were any of your cousins like, I want to choreograph, and you was like, no. <laughs> Actually, no. Like, I never. Oh, that's so that. sweet. I never really got that. Like, they were very much just like, yeah, like, DeMar teach me, teach me these dance moves or whatever the case may be. But like, you know, just sort of growing up, I just always uh, stayed with dance. I didn't really start um, training professionally until I got older. Um, but I just remember like, I think the moment where I sort of knew I wanted to do this as a profession was when um, Janet, Janet Jackson had her Velvet Rope tour. Mm. Listen, and so, interestingly enough, um, I was born and raised here, but I grew up in Arkansas as a teenager. And so around that time was when I was living with my parents in Arkansas. And I just so happened to come back here to um, visit my grandmother for the summer. And I remember Janet coming to the Bradley Center and wanting so badly to go. And my parents was like, yeah, I think that's a little bit too too sexual for you. I don't think you should be going to that. And so I was like, man. And then interestingly enough, like I think the following 
fall or leading a little bit later, it was announced that she had the um the HBO Live special. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad would my dad was like, we're gonna watch it together. We're gonna sit down and watch it together. And oh, I just dear. remember sitting like in between my mom and my dad with I think, and I was like all in like my teenage years, but like literally sitting in between them and was completely mesmerized. And I said, yeah. I think this is what I want to do, like with my life. And then, you know, life happens. You know, and, and, you know, I went to school, went to college and all of that good stuff and thought I wanted to go into broadcasting. And then um, I ended up coming back to Milwaukee in 2008. And I was like, but I feel still feel like I want to do this dance thing. Interestingly enough, Kothi was my introduction specifically to West African dance. Mm. Um, And it just so happened that when I returned, um, they had an audition and. I remember walking into <laughs> to the audition late <laughs> and just a number being put on my back. I was pushed onto the floor and they was like, figure it out. And um, I just remember thinking to myself, like, well, at least I tried. And I thought I was like, absolutely horrible, y'all, horrible. And so they did their deliberations and they're calling people, calling people in. And I'm looking at people and they're getting called in and they're shaking their head like, I ain't make it. And like, they leave it. And then the audition, I would just want to say the audition was at, uh, was at Lincoln, was at Lincoln Center. And so I'm like looking at people and like, they're leaving. I'm like, why am I still here? Like, they just don't like about to torture me. Like, what's, what, what's going on? And so I'm peeping who's around me. And I'm like, she was dope. He was amazing she was like absolutely incredible. And so then like we got called into the room and they they told me that they wanted to have me as a trainee for the company. And I kid you not, like my jaw was on the floor, <laughs> like on the floor. Um, and I never forget it. I always make sure to shout out my people, Terrence Spencer, the former musical director of Cody Dance Company. I just remember him coming over to me. He was like, he was like, yeah, congratulations, little man. He just had that look on his face where he just wanted to just, like, love on me. But he was like, like, take in the moment, soak, soak up the moment. And I've been with the company ever since. So, you know, I have a natural curiosity about um, folks who choose to stay in the city. So here you are, a person born and raised here, spent some time in Arkansas, Um even now, even right now in this moment, you have the opportunity to really live anywhere um, in these other cities who that maybe maybe have more resources as it relates to, um, I think, BIPOC creatives and even just dance, right? Like those are two areas that um, Milwaukee certainly seems to lack in, at least with my role as artist in artist support and outreach, that's what I'm seeing. What makes you committed to Milwaukee? What keeps you here? Have you all seen Last Black Man in San Francisco? Uh-uh. No. It's a film that came out a few years ago, and um, I don't know the guy's name, but, like, he became, like, sex symbol for... Um, what was the name of the black sci-fi uh, series that people was loving? Was it Love Lovecraft Country? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. 
I don't know the actor's name, but he was the lead in that movie. And it pretty much talks about um, like gentrification. And he was under the impression that he was going to save, I believe it was his uncle's house that was possibly um, was going to be sold. And so he wanted to keep that, that legacy going. Just because, you know, when people think of San Francisco now, of course, they don't think about black folk, (laughs) you know, so. But anyway, there's a scene in the movie where he's on the bus and he's sitting in front of two white women and, you know, they're on, you know, some white women stuff and, you know, they're like, "Uh, I can't stand the city and like it's gross, it's a mess. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the lines, but like, just really just going in. And so like, he turned around and like, he pretty much just like checked them and was like, wait a minute, what? Like, y'all can't stay in the city. Like, what you mean you can't stay in the city? And so they were like, yeah, well, like we don't like it here. And like, it's, it's too much stuff going on. And they were just listing all of these things. And then he just literally said, you can't hate it if you, if you don't love it. And immediately, like immediately, I'm like in the movie theater. Like, luckily, it was like maybe I think ten of us <laughs> in the movie theater. <laughs> but like, I was almost on the verge of tears, y'all. And it immediately made me think of the city. I love this city. Like, I truly love this city, and I have such fond memories of my childhood growing up in this city. You know, and I also think about being an artist and what it means to sort of say that you're going to make it or become successful or be something and you have to remove yourself from where you, you, you've you been able to cultivate who you are. And for Black folk, we've, we've had to be transient, but sometimes you have to create home where home actually is. And that means like you have to actually show up to do the work right where you are right now and um i know that's difficult you know milwaukee has you know a reputation you know i was talking to some people and and you know it's really interesting to me to hear the dynamics i feel like it's always sort of like in extremes for people when it comes to milwaukee first of all it's still baffling to me that like other black people still question if there's black people in milwaukee to this day when the city is like almost well like 40 percent black I'm like, as long as I've been here, Milwaukee been amazingly black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From like growing up and like Juneteenth, like we just talked about Jam for Peace. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this city has always been amazingly black, unapologetically black. You know what I'm saying? But you have that. And then you have on the other end of that, the narrative of the hypersegregation, right? Mm-hmm. And how people, you know, have literally almost like made careers off of those statistics, right? And the poverty, right? So for me, I'm thinking to myself, when you think of the, the those extremes from like Black people being almost invisible, almost, or not sort of being there, or here, I should say, in Milwaukee, to other Black people across the country, around the country. And then you think about the hypersegregation, 
you just think about the stories that sort of exist in that type of spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, I'm thinking to myself, this is where the beauty is, you know? And I remember one of my dance elders, I met her at a, at a conference and she had the opportunity to train and study in New York, um, you know, and was very much in that space with like the Alvin Ailey's and the Rod Rogers and all of the Arthur Mitchell's, like these really amazing, prominent black dance figures that we know now. But she made the decision to literally uproot herself and go back home to the Bay. And she she built her career in, in Oakland. And people thought she was insane to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm t- um, talking about Dr. Uh, Halifu Osumari. They thought that she was like, not in her right mind. And people said, no, you need to stay here. New York is where it is. And she's like, no, I think I need to go home. I think mm-hmm. I need to go home. I think it's no different than than Catherine Dunham, you know, another prominent Black dance figure, you know, has her own technique known around the world. She once had a school in East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, we've been here, we've been doing the work, and then also thinking to myself, the, the, always the looming question is, if you're not doing the work, who will, you know? And I think when we have those notions specifically with a lot of black folks here in Milwaukee, where you have to go somewhere else to be something great, you know, it's kind of like, where does that leave the people who actually need the service? Because everybody just can't, just can't uproot themselves. And then also thinking about what you might be or might not be when you're trying to compete in those huge markets, you a dime a dozen when you in New York. You a dime a dozen when you possibly in LA. You a dime a dozen when you possibly in Chicago. So I love the city. Um, I want to see it thrive. So, you know, it's like, why not plant myself and see what, what can happen? And Milwaukee is it based on the election. I mean, did we not show up and show out? And people like, Milwaukee was one of the determining factors for the presidential election. So I'm like, we've been it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We have been it. So, you know, to piggyback off of that question, as you were talking, one of my thoughts was, you know, hearing about Catherine Dunham and the school in East St. Louis, I'm curious then, like, what is your dream? What does it mean for Milwaukee Black dancers and the Black dance community or just the dance community as a whole, when you think about the work that you're doing and what it's going to culminate into, what is your vision? And I'll give you a little bit of backstory, too. We talked to Della Wells last year, and she talked about some people's vision of success isn't necessarily living in New York, doing Mm -hmm. the work there. Some people's vision of success is something else, something a little more personal to them. So I think even with Kanita's question, it's it we we want to know what you deem as success. What what is what is the why that gets mm-hmm. you up in the morning to get this work done? 
anytime I think about, I guess, my vision or any type of success with this work that I do to be able to preserve and promote such a, an amazing cultural practice, I think about the kids that I, I teach, specifically um, the time called the Children's Performing Ensemble. Those young people are absolutely amazing. It almost baffles me to think about what they are capable of doing when they just have the opportunity to just show up and be their best selves and to really like stand in their light. Shout out to No Studios. They had mm -hmm. their inaugural dance fest. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you all remember, but it was a nice bill for that, that, that concert. And it was at Sherman Phoenix. The special guest was Ailey too. And um, I just remember getting the email and saying we would love for Kothi to be a part. And I said, well, I would love to have my kids on the bill, my time kids. And they were like, sure, sure, no problem. And I just remember, you know, doing all of the prep with, you know, me and my team. And I just remember the kids before they got ready to go on stage. And they were like, Mr. DeMar, like, we're nervous. And I was like, why are y'all nervous? And they were like, I don't know, maybe because, like, the, the audience is really close and you know, and like they're right in our face and like the lights and, and, and everything. And I'm like, y'all performed on larger stages than this. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit confused, but I think it was just about the intimacy of it all. Mm. And so, you know, I, we all had a pep talk, the team and I with, with, with them. We always do a circle, um, you know, in Kothi tradition, we always do a Yoruba prayer before um, each performance giving them good fortune, good health, you know, when they're performing. And when I tell you, Kanita Antoine, bodied, bodied. Yeah. Well, of course, of course. And I mean, I was literally in the audience and I was so, I was speechless. And I mean, even me talking about it now, like I'm just, I'm reliving it as I'm, as I'm, as I'm speaking about it to know that they were the, they were the youngest people on that stage and for them to be so, so fully present in who they are, not only as, as young people, as, as black people, but also in their bodies to do what we, we, mm -hmm. we have trained them to do and for them to be the highlight like I was just full and I was literally in the audience like, who teaches these kids? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who teaches them? You know, I want to give a, a shout out to my team, Kumasi Allen, musical director, my uh, associate artistic director, Sonia Thompson, you know, all of the time parents. Um, and of course, I got to make sure I acknowledge uh, Mama Fern, Fern Yanyadi Cocker, our founder, um, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful experience to witness that. So when I look at those kids and I think about them coming in and being very unsure about who they are and hearing the stories about, you know, issues at school, they're being picked on because they're too small or they're too, you know, whatever the case may be, um, because you know how kids can be, 
but for them to be able to turn all of that energy into, like I said, literally stand in their light, it doesn't get any better than that. And that's what gets me up in the in the morning, Antoine. Like I I I love to see those transformations. And I also am very much understanding, or should I say I'm very much clear in understanding that um dance has a way of being very um slighted in our culture. And I think for a lot of black folks, it's not that we don't think that it's amazing. It's that, that we're so we're so incredibly amazing at it that we sometimes devalue it. Mm-hmm. 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 And so I feel like who I am and right now in this time is to be a facilitator for people to get a better understanding of why we do what we do and why we're so amazing at it. I think that's the major thing. And it just so happens that Kothi and all of the various facets within that, you know, Tan Kothi and, and other mediums, you know, for me to do my dance film, the beckoning and other things, it's just, the, that's the conduit for it, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 That's using your third eye right there. <laughs> you answered like four questions I was going to ask. And, uh, <laughs> that was amazing. So do you guys have any cool projects for 2021? Do you have any personal projects that you're working on in 2021? Oh gosh, uh, there's always stuff that that we're working on. Um, I'm proud to say that we are back in the studio. Kothi is back in the studio. Mm. We're taking it, you know, um, day by day. Um, we were displaced for a while um, due to COVID. We have started taking. Um, we have started programming it back at Dance Works. So we have classes um, that we do. We now have a virtual option. So people in the comforts of their own home <laughs> can take class with us um, because it's, of course, limited when you're in person. Um, we will actually be kicking off youth programming really, really soon. Um, so our young people can come take class with us starting soon. Um, we have a lot of virtual, um, programming that's up right now. We have what we call from the archive series where we're taking concert footage from previous shows and just having people, um, stream it in their homes with their families. You know, we're just letting people know, like, if y'all have anything to do, have a seat on the couch, you know, hook up the, the flat screen watch you know a Kothi show with your with your kids you know um and it's a good time and we'll be doing that throughout uh throughout the year leading into the summer um so you know I'm 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 blessed I'm blessed that that we're 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 fortunate to continue to do this this work because it's really really important right now so um if y'all really interested in what Kothi is doing y'all can always follow us um on social media Facebook official Kothi Dance Company Instagram, Kothi Dance Company, and our website, um, ko-thi.org, kothi.org. Can we just shout out how uh, effortlessly it is for Damar to, like, plug and, like, do the, like, all of our guests do not take advantage of that. 
And mm-hmm. Demar is just like, no, 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 this is where you can find me. And this yeah. is what we're doing. Now, one thing we didn't mention, though, was the Black in the Middle, an anthology of the Black Midwest. Can you quickly talk a little bit about that and where we can find it? Yes. So I actually had the opportunity to be a contributor to a newly released book called Black in the Middle, an anthology of the Black Midwest. Um, It is actually edited by a professor based in Minnesota. Her name is uh, Terrian Williamson. Shout out to Terrian. Um, And she just asked for people to uh, be a part of this new initiative to talk about Black life here in the Midwest. Um, And it's become a thing. I don't know if you all are familiar. They're starting to become a field specifically called Black Midwestern Studies. Oh. Yeah. And um, so a part of this Black Midwest initiative, she wanted to get people from various mediums, um, writers, dancers, poets, singers, whatever, um, essayists, to really talk about, you know, our experiences living in this region, you know, because it's often um, overlooked, you know. Um, And so I wrote a poem in dedication to my late grandfather, um, Joe Freeman, rest in peace. He um, actually moved here when he was fairly young from Mississippi. Um, he, I wrote that because he was the first person that I, I ever like adored and admired. Just super amazing person. And so there actually are panels that are happening right now based on the book. I will be on a panel um, next month, the middle of next month, um, talking about my experience in the Midwest, but also the poem that I wrote in dedication to my late grandfather. Um, But the book is amazing and it has so many amazing um, contributions to it from essays, of course, poems, you know, um, critique, um, just amazing, amazing, amazing. And I'm really, really proud to be a part of it. Who are some of your favorite Milwaukee-based artists of any medium? Mm-hmm. Woo! Antoine put me on the spot. So I just want to give us, I just want to say off the rip, as much as I am an artist, I love, I love to watch people do their thing. So when it comes to visual art, I want to give a special shout out to Mr. Uh, Reynaldo Hernandez. Mm. Yes, the OG. He created my favorite piece of artwork in the city. And it is the mural that is on the side of the former inner city art, any inner city arts mm-hmm. council building. Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, look at that, that, that piece of work and I, I, I just get so full, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm so glad that it had the opportunity to be restored in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Ronaldo Hernandez, shout out to uh, my boo, Rosie Ricks. Mm-hmm. She is absolutely incredible. Destiny Fletcher, dance wise, I got to give it up to my, my, my dancing partner in crime. Uh, my sister friend, Sonia Thompson, who I said is the social artistic director of Kothi, bodies the stage, like, dances like no other. 
I mean, just because she's the GOAT, Fern Cocker, like, <laughs> the woman is absolutely incredible. That's um, an OG, too. That's an listen, OG, too. Listen, so I just, Makia Stampley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. I mean, there's so many people. Like, there's so many people. But that was, those, are, those are a few. That was a good list. That was a good, well-rounded list. Super good list, and I think that's all probably one of the one of the my favorite parts of the show because I'm always curious to see who's on our guest list and who need who else needs to be added to my list. So thank you, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for this interview. I think uh, we were able to cover a lot. Yeah, and, and reminisce about Jam for Peace and other more. <laughs> Like when summer, like when Summerfest had rides. Oh my gosh. I just love the fact that this this whole conversation is just really, really indicative of how amazing Milwaukee is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 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 You know, and just the, the history and the and the culture. Of- what was the teen show that was uh that was housed on uh Thirsh on Martin Luther King Drive? Uh, uh, Team Forum. Yeah, Team, team Summit. Yeah, bring back all that. Bring back <laughs> Team Forum. So my sister was actually on that show, and I wrote for the magazine. Okay, bring back the magazine. All of it, because I'm sure there's some young people that would love to contribute in that way. They need the, They need those voices. They need those voices heard. Thank you, Damara, man. We appreciate it. And thank you, listeners, for another episode of Black Imagination. Thanks for listening to Black Imagination with Kanita and I. Black Imagination is a part of the Imagine MKE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars because we are Black Excellent. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Imagine underscore MKE or on Facebook at Imagine MKE. Talk to you next time. Bye.